Pinstripe Valley podcast. We are fully into the regular season now, and that's exciting. I'm Andrew Mearns here with Kun Shaw. Woo! Baseball! Two games in a row! Yeah, it's it's nice that, you know, <laughs> in the 10th inning of the game on Sunday, the Yankees actually rallied, because otherwise this was going to be probably a pretty gloomy podcast. I mean, I still don't think it's going to be a great one, but... No. <laughs> There's definitely some more positives to talk about than I expected to on Sunday. So, yes. Yay. Right. Yeah. We're recording this before Tuesday night's game with Jameson Tyone. So right now the Yankees are five and five. It took a little bit of a rally over the last couple of games to get back to that. And we caution a lot in this podcast and just in general about not panicking too much about April results as much as we endorse doom. But, you know. Yeah. I mean. The, the Yankees are still probably the easy division favorites here. I mean, like I said, I think I said the same thing last week too. Like the pitching has been fine and it's the offense that kind of has to step up. So if that's, and that's still the issue, I feel like this offense, like it's too talented to kind of just stay as quiet as they have been. So I think they'll be fine. It just hasn't been fun. So yeah. Far. And I, and I also don't think that uh, JD Martinez is going to hit 472 this year. So no, no, I, he will. Oh, he will? Okay, good. Wow. Yes, he will. Good for Boston, and, I guess. And all of his hits will be dingers. He's just dingers Martinez. You know, it's it's good because it's been it's been a long time since Boston had things go their way, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, those poor guys, those those poor underdogs. Yeah, the script has really flipped, huh? Yeah, now it's just like, <laughs> oh no, they've gone three years without a World Series, are they? <laughs> no. <laughs> Plus they went what? a whole year without Tom Brady, man, this is a town that's struggling really. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, (laughs) yeah, but at least one of the big bright spots of the past week for the Yankees for sure has been Garrett Cole, who absolutely dominated immediately after our last podcast was recorded. I added a note at the front of the episode of the most recent one about like, Oh yeah, that was cool. We just couldn't have time to talk about it, but now we can. And wow, he absolutely rolled over the Orioles. (laughs) As he should. This man makes $324 million over the next, or whatever, you know, I think that's, yeah, nine years. He should destroy the Orioles, and he did. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully that is just going to be a recurring trend for the next several years, so. Yes. No, it's good. I mean, we've we've got a few different types of Garrett Cole starts so far in his three, but either way, I mean, it's still comforting to know every fifth day, even when he, if it's quote unquote struggling or whatever the situation is, he's still going to keep the Yankees in the game and he's still going to give them every chance to win. Exactly. In my mind, there are three main varieties of Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole starts, which are the overpowering win. Like we saw against the Orioles, the grinded out win, which we saw last night against Toronto, and then the tough luck loss, which we saw on opening day, because those are usually the only kinds of losses that he actually takes when he's just a little bit outpitched and the offense does not score runs. Garrett Cole has very few actual blow up bad starts in a season. So we've already seen basically like three main kinds, and it's good to know that he is just still as dominant as ever. But yeah, no, it's definitely good to, good to have that ace that we've talked about. And I know there's a lot being made to the fact that Garrett Cole's been starting with Higashioka the last two games rather than Gary Sanchez. But I don't think that has much to do with anything besides the fact that he's just a really talented pitcher, guys. He's yeah. just very good at his job. Let's just leave it at that. 
Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure he's the kind of pitcher who has had like a good rapport with his backup catchers in the past. Uh, John Griffin actually had a good comments about this recently. I believe it was in the recap of last night's game where he's talking about how just historically Garrett Cole has always done better with whoever his backup catcher might happen to be. And with this situation, it just works exceptionally well because he has such a long history with Kyle Higashioka. So it's a situation where the Yankees will probably keep using Higashioka as the main catcher for Cole, if not only because it just makes sense with that tandem and it just gives Gary Sanchez an easy built-in off day for grinding through a full 162-game season after the shortened season last year. And Boone has also said that he liked how they worked on opening day too so we will eventually see Gary at some point with Cole again and that that's important too because you've got to have a backup in case Higashioka ever gets hurt yeah I mean it's perfectly fine for uh, Cole to prefer Higashioka like I'm very okay with that I mean as much as I don't love the idea of a personal catcher but I mean, you, we know Cole is somebody who works very hard at his craft and somebody like uh, Higashioka can dedicate a lot of time to working with Cole. So they, you know, they kind of build their support and all that. Whereas Gary's, you know, out there every day working with the rest of the staff. So it's fine. I would like to see, you know, Gary Sanchez catch Cole a few times just because like you mentioned, Higgy might get hurt. The playoffs will come and who knows what's going on then. So it's just good for them, for Garrett to be comfortable, uh, Cole to be comfortable with both Gary and Higashioka, but in the meantime, I mean, I think it's fine and it's working. So keep on keeping on. <laughs> yeah. And that, that point about the playoffs is also good to keep in mind because while, I mean, obviously we're forecasting in mid April, so who cares? Right. But, but if I were to guess at this point, if they go to the playoffs, I feel like Higashioka probably would just end up catching Cole. But even if you get to the point where Higashioka is just a total zero in the lineup and you want to play Gary, you should probably be able to play Gary and not have to be like, well, we got to try it out Higashioka, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like last year, the decision was made a little bit easier. Like it was, a, it was an easier pill to swallow because of the fact that Gary Sanchez just looks so lost at the plate. Oh God. But, yeah. I mean, he's hitting well right now. And if he continues that and kind of has his bounce back season that we're all kind of hoping for, and some of us may be rooting for, but if that's the case, then it's kind of hard to justify in the playoffs, taking out Gary Sanchez's bat and for Higashioka even though unless you're playing the Blue Jays where you know Higashioka is going to hit like four home runs in one game. <laughs> yeah. If uh, Kyle Higashioka wants to have a 469 WRC plus for the entire season, then I suppose we can have a question about who should be the catcher. <laughs> but, yes. If he but, continues to do that. <laughs> but that will probably, probably not happen as much as I'd love to see Kyle Higashioka randomly turn into Mike Piazza. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he'd be nice to have, I guess, but... Yeah, just, you know, he was organizational catcher forever, and then he's 30, and oh, by the way, now I'm Mike Piazza. (laughs) It uh... is funny just how much he destroys the Blue Jays, though, in, you know, obviously, this very limited sample of, like, a couple games, but I believe the stat that was going around last night was that he has five homers in his last 15 at-bats against the Blue Jays, and Matt Frenchick came up with the one that he over half of his career homers are in three games. <laughs> yeah, and Matt had another good tweet too. Like those three games, which were August 17, 2019, September 16, 2020, and yesterday, which is April 12, 2021, Higashioka has a slash line of 583, 583, 2.333 with seven home runs and 13 RBI. And then any other time he's slashing 175, 204, 302, five home runs and 18 RBI. So has randomly days where he hits like the greatest hitter in the world. 
But outside of that, it's not somebody you want to see on, with regular playing time because he will get exposed. Yeah, it's really weird, really weird shit. <laughs> but <laughs> go follow Matt at Matt at fifteen. You know, <laughs> maybe I'll be him on Twitter today. Yeah. to be determined. Yeah, you know, we we have to feel it out, see where we're going from there. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, on the topic of the of the offense, though, yesterday's Higashioka fun side, they've been not looking as great over the past week. Clint Frazier has not had a hit since we talked about his good start, and um, no one else has really been hitting all that much either until, again, like the 10th inning in that game against Tampa. So that's been frustrating. And you kind of wish that they could do better against the Rays' bullpen, since that's mostly who shut them down over the weekend. It wasn't Tyler Glass now, like, they got shut out in a game that Chris Archer started left in the third inning because of an injury. And then they just did nothing the rest of the game. Yeah. It, it, it hasn't been great. I mean, I was looking at uh, the Yankees offense as a whole, like just the players or whatever. I saw Gio Urshela like did kind of raise his numbers to like, you know, kind of what we've been expecting over the last like year or two with him. Uh, but that's all courtesy of one really good game on uh, the, on Sunday, the 11th, the, the win where they came back against Tampa. Mm-hmm. where he had a four-hit game. But besides that, I mean, you take away that, he's also struggling. I mean, the whole the team as a whole just has yet to click. But like I mentioned earlier, I mean, this team is, this offense is too good to not kind of figure it out. I mean, DJ LeMahieu hasn't really looked like DJ LeMahieu. Gary Sanchez has still been hitting fine. Aaron Hicks kind of still struggling. Aaron Judge is kind of just doing his thing, but we've really yet to see the true power. Giancarlo Stanton after that, besides that one monster home run, we haven't really seen much from, but I do think over, like, you know, as the season progresses, th- these guys will come alive, come together. Yeah, it just seems to be a matter of building up the plate appearances and letting April play out. And eventually, <laughs> most of these numbers will look more normal. Like, I also don't expect Labor Torres to have a 55 OPS plus the entire season. <laughs> I think he's better than that, you know, hot take here. But, and the, the Yankees are still going to try to find other solutions to spark this lineup and one of that was which we saw over the weekend was once they got Rugnet Odor healthy and on the team he joined them and went into the lineup Jay Bruce went to the bench and Rugnet Odor has not exactly like lit up the ball over the past two days but he does have two hits which is one less hit than Jay Bruce has on the entire season (laughs) and those two hits were pretty well timed though actually they were and his Yankee debut on Sunday he's the one that uh, his hit on the 10th inning was kind of what gave them the go-ahead run well not Mm -hmm. kind of it that was actually exactly what happened and then yesterday when they were he was the one on base uh that broke up the no-hitter and then Higashioka drove him in with the home run right yeah yeah I'm remembering that order of events right yeah yeah Odor broke up the the no-hitter by the Cy Young winner Robbie Ray (laughs) disclaimer Robbie Ray is not a Cy Young winner The Yankees make him look like one, though. Yeah, that was a that was a weird game, too, because they won, and it was looking really bad early on because it looked like Cole didn't have it, and then they were getting no hit by Robbie Ray, which was just, like, great. But even <laughs> afterward, when they turned it around, the only offense for that game came from Higashioka. So <laughs> maybe tonight we'll look foolish, and they'll just destroy Hyunjin Ryu, but probably not. <laughs> I mean, I look forward to that happening, but, like, this is, the te- like, this is exactly what this team can – can do they can look bad against Robbie Ray but then light up uh Ryu for like seven eight runs out of nowhere like who knows it's so weird how they can kind of all look lost but then also all just click at the same time 
yeah, all it takes is just leaving a couple meatballs up to some of these guys and they'll hit a 450 feet. As we saw like the other day, Gio Urshela hit what 450 feet and right. Josh, Josh had a good note in his recap. It's like, I didn't know that Gio Urshela could hit the ball 450 feet, but I like it. <laughs> I don't think Gio Urshela knew he could hit a ball 450 feet. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. Oh, did I do that? <laughs> is Gio Urshela Urkel? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Gio Urkel's okay, I'm quitting this. You're gonna say you're fired again, but you quit before you could. Yeah, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> but no, besides the fact that yeah, obviously Odor's had two well-timed hits. I'm still not you know ready to anoint him the savior of the season or anything like that. But it's good to see that it's kind of working out at least in the early goings and. Just it's kind of almost like an addition by subtraction thing where we're not going to be seeing as many Jay Bruce at bats. I do think he'll stick around the team at least until Luke Voigt comes back. At that point, they'll probably have no issues cutting ties with them. But I think our time of seeing Jay Bruce as regular everyday first base has kind of come to an end. And I'm okay with that. Right. We'll probably see him occasionally in there, maybe against a righty. If he's a lefty, maybe he can line one up or something like that. But other than that, yeah, I feel like they'll probably just keep him mostly as the bench first baseman. And who knows, maybe they'll even cut him before Voight comes back if Voight's not progressing exactly the way they see it. Maybe they'd call up a Derek Dietrich or they'd call up Mike Ford again for fun. Who knows? But Ford I think the, the team has rightfully decided that they do not need to give a long leash to Jay Bruce. Again, very okay with that. <laughs> yeah. And we also saw them sacrifice a little bit of depth to just try to find a spark with Odor or something by demoting Tyler Wade, who we rag on him a bunch, but he's a pretty generic bench player who could just play a whole bunch of positions and not really hit. And usually that's fine, but in this situation where the main guys in the lineup are not hitting, you don't want to have to try to count on Tyler Wade to randomly have a good game or something like that when he's randomly coming in. So it's worth it to try to just have Urshela be your backup shortstop and figure out the depth from there to try to get something going. Yeah, I think we talked about it when, uh, like, it might have been the pod right before opening day where we found out Luke Voigt was going to miss some time or whenever that was. And I talked about, like, a couple of different, like, weird, weird configurations they can do with that involved DJ moving over to first base, but then that's going to give you a lot more Tyler Wade than you want. Mm-hmm. Well, the Yankees solved that problem. <laughs> and, you know, they, hopefully the Yankees can kind of do with Odor what they did with Luke Voigt, Mike Talkman, Gio Urshela, when they came over as seemingly like non-important players who now are very, at least you know, Urshela and Voigt are very important to this team right now. Yeah. Well, the one thing we do have to take up issue with Odor, though, is wearing Didi's number. How dare you, sir? How dare you stand where he stood? <laughs> we said this about Jay Bruce, and I'll say it about you, too. Yeah, stealing David Roberts's number, stealing Didi Gregorius's number. This is just a bridge too far. I'm not okay. I'm going to write a strongly worded email to no one, but I'm going to think about it. <laughs> And we're like, hey, why I oughta? <laughs> why I oughta? Yeah, it, it, it's not okay. They should at least ask our permission first. Like, hey, hey, Andrew, can we take this number? And then we'll let them know, yes or no. But whatever. I guess they yeah. want to do things differently. Fine. I suppose Didi would give his blessing, honestly, because he's a perfect human. <laughs> he is. Didi would do like some sort of victory tweet for him taking the number and giving the number. Like, yeah. I saw Didi hit a just a missile home run to right field 
uh, in the Phillies Braves game on Sunday. And I was like, ah, I remember that. That was good. See, my my phone blew up with like 17 notifications about it just be, between like, you know, the different apps and like people texting me. And I think even in our Slack, I saw it and I was just like, I don't think I want to watch this because it just makes me too sad. So I, I haven't seen do it. it. <laughs> well, we'll be back with more on the Yankees after this uh, short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we're back, and we're going to talk about some other random small Yankees notes from here and there. One of the things that we briefly just talked about was Tyler Wade getting optioned, but Domingo Herman was also sent out after his bad start against the Rays. That was his second bad start in a row, and this may have been a move that the Yankees could have made even if he had looked like Cy Young in his first two starts, just because the number five starter spot was not going to come up for a couple weeks, and you might as well have another bullpen guy in there. But either way, he just did not look like the guy in spring training in those first two starts. But he won 18 games! Oh, man. Turns yeah, out that I wasn't mean, everything. Yeah, I, I'm, I can't say I'm going to miss him. Uh, again, like you said, this very well could have happened regardless of how he performed. Like if he pitched great and had through like an, almost through two no hitters or two shutouts, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to say, he probably still could have been sent down just for like the convenience of the fa- of the matter. But at the end of the day, he has not looked good at all in the regular season. And I'm kind of hoping that when it comes time to need a fifth starter, they kind of give Garcia a shot to come back up now. I think Boone actually said their plan is that he is going to come back up after two weeks. So, and that's honestly what I would expect regardless. Cause you know, if you name him the fifth starter, you're not going to hook him after just two bad starts, but it's really concerning, especially how many home runs he gave up in seven innings. He's given up four home runs and he, that home runs were bad. a big problem with him in the second half of 2019. So this is just sort of continuing that pattern. And if your pitches aren't fooling anyone, then they can just sit on one and drive it a mile. Yeah. It, again, like I did expect it and it's fine to not judge anybody after two games, especially considering we keep talking about how people need time to adjust. It's still, it's still early April. It's like we're not even halfway through the month at the end of the day. He sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's not what you want, you know. <laughs> I do fully expect that we will eventually see Debbie Garcia. I guess it'll just be a matter of, will they both be in the rotation due to an injury to someone? Maybe, but we'll see. Maybe, I guess, if that's what it takes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, honestly, there's one of these guys is going to get hurt at some point, and hopefully it's just one of the guys. and. <laughs> Maybe it'll be Corey Kluber because he hasn't looked that great either in the first two starts, though. It's, you know, it hasn't been terrible, but not exactly what you'd prefer to see out of your supposed number two starter either. It's almost as if relying on like three pitchers who haven't pitched in a year and a half or two years is was not a good idea. Who could have seen this coming? Uh, well, <sighs> Jordan Montgomery but- at least looked good in his first start. And then his second start was a little less good, but still okay. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, his first start was, you know, very good, but, you know, I'm not expecting Orioles. those starts. Every, a, Orioles, and B, it's Jordan Montgomery. I'm not expecting that every every time out. It's just I know that every once in a while he can put together those type of outings, and especially when he does it 
against a team that you're supposed to do it uh, to, that's a good sign. But at the end of the day, he's still probably like, you know, third or fourth starter, depending on how things turn out with Tyon and Kluber. Exactly. One thing that has been at least good early on, the bullpen has been pretty great, honestly. Yeah, I was expecting to uh, kind of talk about missing Britain, Zach Britton a lot more than I than we have, and that's a very good thing. I mean, they've stepped up very much. So, and Justin Wilson came back the other day, and you know he's looked a lot better than he did during spring. So hopefully, that could be that was just kind of what was bothering him his his injury during the spring training. So. So I actually have the numbers right here in their first, the bullpen's first 44 and two thirds innings of this season, which is, you know, up through Monday night's game, they have allowed an ERA of 1.61, a whip of 0.739, and they've held opponents to a 154, 210, 256 triple slash, and have only given up two homers in the entire time. So that's pretty damn good work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. I, I think you can say the bullpen is um good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Chad Green has a lot of run. Lewiska has a lot of run. Sessa has a lot of run. O'Day has a lot of run. Chapman has a lot of run. The only guys who've allowed runs really are Licky and Nelson. So. And that's fine. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, and again, like two of those Licky runs were also after that missed call at first base on the Glaber grounder. So. It should be the umpires' ERA that goes up and not Licky's. Exactly. You know, we have catcher ERA, but do we have umpire ERA? We should, we should sort that. We should make that a thing. Umpire ERA. <laughs> yeah. Hunter Wendelstadt, what is your umpire ERA? <laughs> That's why he called that uh, strike three at the end of the game last night. That was definitely below the strike zone. He just wanted to keep his ump ERA down. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, I got to save myself here. He's trying to earn the ump Cy Young, whatever yeah. the version of that is. <laughs> I was trying to think, like, can I call it, like, umpire But then it just sounds like what his retirement account is or something. <laughs> yes, you got to invest heavily in the umpire <laughs> <laughs> It's a good call. Umpire's association matches his contribution. <laughs> These are definitely thoughts that I don't think anyone has ever had on a baseball podcast. What is an umpire's <laughs> retirement has- account? <laughs> anyone has ever had besides the umpire and his family i don't even know if they've had it (laughs) joe west is just banking on his musical royalties from that one album that he put out oh god oh god we're we're getting off track (laughs) i I don't i don't think i I disagree i think we're perfectly on track yeah anyway yeah but moving on from the uh not serious at all topic of Ump IRA. We need to talk a little bit about how there's this one really dumb columnist who does not even ask questions in interviews, apparently, who has decided to rip Gary Sanchez for using an interpreter, as opposed to Gleyber Torres, who generally just answers in English. And I do appreciate at least that pretty much everyone else on the Yankees beat went after this guy online. And they're just like, are you serious? This is completely unprofessional. Yeah, like... It's 2021. How are we still doing this whole using an interpreter bullshit? Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> Ichiro yeah. spoke perfect English and he still used a uh, translator too. Like, it's not a it's not a big deal. They want to make sure they get it right. Whatever the reason is, who gives a crap? <laughs> yeah, and the English language is so 
annoying and tedious and precise that I don't blame anyone who wants to have an interpreter to help them communicate exactly what they're saying and they don't have anything lost in the nuance because there is so much that can get misconstrued that would just turn into a mini controversy on its own, especially in New York. I mean, and we saw a little bit of that in the off season with, you know, Gary Sanchez's interview being sort of taken out of context. Yeah. And like, to your point, like the people who speak English natively, they don't even have a full grasp of the language. Like when it comes to like the nuances and all that, because like a lot of it just makes no sense. Why is there a silent K? That, <laughs> the silent letters should not exist. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It's like, oh, the, why do these words mean different things, even though they're spelled the same? Well, English. <laughs> should have should of should of like like this language is weird yeah it's very difficult to like learn when you speak it natively when you're learning it here forget about the fact that you're an adult who grew up his whole life speaking a different language which logically logically makes sense and now you have to come and learn this language which makes no sense yeah so in summary shut up phil mushnick we don't want to hear from you ever again and no one does anyway <laughs> yeah please like, it was one of those things where you just knew it was him without even seeing the name on the like the byline yeah <laughs> get out of here another serious topic we need to talk about is um aaron hicks deciding to take a mental health day on monday after the killing of dante wright which was just an extremely difficult day to grapple with, especially for someone who grew up in the Twins organization, still well-connected to the Twin Cities, and has just seen a lot of crap over the past year and a half, stretching even beyond that, but the last year, year and a half in particular. So all power to Aaron Hicks for taking as much time as he needs and for the Yankees for accommodating that request because it's serious. Yeah, absolutely. Like mental health is a very important thing. If you're not in it, if you're not like doing okay, like your mind is a part of your body. It's okay to take the time off. And right. like to all the people who are like, oh, if I tried doing this at my regular job and my boss said oh, my boss would fire me, I'm sorry, you have a shitty job and a shitty boss. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, on you, guy. But that's, <laughs> but that's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, we should not be giving Aaron Hicks any uh, amount of crap. And in fact, we should be applauding him. And if you kind of think about it, if he's not fully in it, if he's going to be going up to the plate, not even really giving a crap about the ball being thrown at him and having to hit it, then he's actually probably doing the, the team a favor by even taking the day off because he might even end up hurting them. Granted, yeah, like, I mean, that, that was actually part of uh, Boone's comments on the situation uh, yesterday where he talked about Aaron Hicks' decision. And he's like, and I appreciate that because it did like make the team better because, you know, by his own admission that he was saying that if he didn't think that he would be able to fully get his heart into it, then something's going to be lost there. Even though like Mike Talkman didn't do anything special, they are still better off with Mike Talkman in there rather than pushing Aaron Hicks in, in a situation where he doesn't really need to be pushed. You're going to have 162 of these damn games. You can let him take a day off. Yeah. Like, and even if it's more than a day, if he needs like a week, go yeah. work, let him do whatever he needs. It's fine. Yeah. And anybody who's like, oh, he's been struggling already. Let him take some more time off and making those jokes. Y'all can shut up too. A man is dead. Yeah, what it comes down to none of this matters. If no. Aaron Hicks is hurt by that, he's the only one that get, that can decide when he's ready, when he should play, and how he should agree with it. Yeah, and like Giancarlo Stan was thinking about taking a day off too. He'd ultimately decide to play anyway. But if he had wanted to take time off again, I know that Giancarlo Stan is highly paid, but it doesn't matter. Let him take his mental health. It's important to protect each other at times like these. If all twenty six of them decided, you know what, we want to take the day off, and they just threw in a forfeit. I'd applaud them. Good for you guys. Yeah. I like that, you know, everyone on the team came out and supported Hicks, especially like Cole and Higashioka. 
like they talked about how like you know personally they don't know what he's going through but they're going to support him however they need to but then they they're his teammates and they're there for him so i like that too exactly hicks has been in part of this team for a long time now so his voice is going to be respected and i'm glad that the Yankees are respecting it so yep. all right so move on from that unless you have anything else to yankee mitre of the week yeah let's do it all right the Yankee and the Mitre of the week. Who do you have for your Yankee of the week? See, my Yankee of the week, I had a few different options here. I was going to go with Justin Wilson for kind of coming back and, you know, doing his thing and helping calm all the fears that we had during spring training. I was going to go with uh, Aaron Hicks for taking, uh, sorry, I was going to go with, uh, well, I just gave you a spoiler as to who my Yankee of the week is. I was going to go with Higashioka for just hitting two home runs against the Blue Jays like he normally does. But as my spoiler indicated, I'm going with Aaron Hicks for all the reasons we just talked about. I think what he did is more important than baseball, and it's very good, and it's okay to show that you just need a break, you need some time, and I think nothing else matters more. And so good for him. Kudos to him. And kudos to the Yankees, for, like we said, giving him the time. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a commendable move, and we we support Aaron Hicks and whatever he wants to do. So. Yep. I will go with the more conventional pick of just Garrett Cole because he is okay at baseball. He throws balls good. Yeah, he's, uh, (laughs) I believe I saw he has tied the record for most strikeouts by any Yankees pitcher in his first three starts, which is 29, because kind of absurd. Because again, he's only at the one start where he was actually dominant. Yeah, I think he tied David Cohn, right? Yeah, Coney. Yep. So good for you, Garrett. You are good at the baseball. Congrats. Yay. All right. Two yeah, for Mitre of the week. So my Mitre of the week is going to be a little bit more conventional. And I'm sorry to do this, but I'm going to go with Clint Frazier. We talked about his hot start last week's pod and, you know, how he was just kind of doing all the right things. But since then, I guess we jinxed him or whatever, but he's hitless in his last four games, his last 16 plate appearances, has seven strikeouts and only one walk. So it's just not good. Um, it's not me you want. I, but I do like that. We talked about this during spring training too. Like when and if he struggles or whatever that is, I want them to continue playing him. And it does seem at least for right now, there's no intention to stop playing him in favor of like a gardener or whatever the, whatever the case may be, Talkman, however you want to do that. So I'm okay with like letting them write it out just to see how he bounces back from that. Because, I mean, we saw last year, like the kid can hit. So let's just see how he takes it. I mean, again, it's four games, but as far as the Mitre of the Week is concerned, he seemed appropriate for me. So hopefully I can, I don't have to give this to you ever again, Clint. Right, yeah, I've got to give it up for the not getting a single hit that's unfortunately very Mitri of the week worthy so yes <laughs> ideally as you said he'll just turn it around and they'll they'll be fine but anyway yep. similar note i will go with jay bruce for my Mitri of the week i did think about herman but herman only had the one start and whereas and jay think- bruce started a bunch and did nothing so I, I was originally going to go with Herman and give him the Mitre of the Week, but I think the Yankees already did by demoting him. <laughs> yeah, Granted, that's true. Whether or not whether or not he's going to come back and it was just an April roster decision or whatever, I'm choosing to ignore that and just assume that they gave him a Mitre of the Week. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that sounds accurate. <laughs> but yeah, since <laughs> but with back to Jay Bruce though, since the opening series, he has one hit, and the one hit was a very much a Yankee Stadium special home run that will probably end up being the only home run he ever hits as a Yankee, but. He's just been dismal. And there's a reason that, you know, the team is just like, 
shit, let's just trade for Drew Gnidodor, whatever. <laughs> sure, let's just try this. Yeah, because that sure as hell wasn't working. I do have some uh, apparently breaking news for not specifically Yankee-related, but former Yankee-related. James Paxson is apparently going for Tommy John surgery, which sucks. <sighs> yeah, that, that that does suck. I, did, I, I don't know why I was watching the Mariners that day, but I was watching... Uh, that start and Paxton had to leave early and he you could just tell from the body language that he knew that this was something serious beyond you know the normal Knicks that he's had to take over the years and have a couple short IL stints but this one looked bad and I don't know when we'll see him again probably at best case sometime next year and I think he only had a one-year deal with Seattle so he's got to find a new team too but I always like yeah. James Paxton so that's a bummer. No, yeah, he like when he came over, you know, it was easy to root for him. You kind of wanted him to do well. Obviously, it's not that he underperformed. It's just injuries got the best of him. And you, I can never give a guy too much crap for that. So just wish him the best. Wish uh, hopefully he can come back uh, and, you know, kind of re- resume his career. But it just sucks to see for somebody who seems like a pretty good dude. Exactly. Yeah. He'll be 33 in November. So he's got a bit of a road ahead, but. You know, fingers crossed. He is left-handed, so he has that going for him. Yay! <laughs> you do seem to always get an opportunity. <laughs> I mean, we saw Rich Hill pitching against the Yankees in the Rays series. You know, Yankees legend Rich Hill, who yes. randomly became one of the Dodgers' best pitchers like two years later after pitching in middle relief for the 2014 Yankees. Hey, 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 don't forget about his stint with the Long Island Ducks, was it? Yes, he was on the Long Island Ducks for a hot minute. Quack, quack, quack. Wrong yeah. sport, Kunj. Yeah. P.S. Watch the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Yes. I was actually going to say, and covering this week's pop culture news, Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Very good. Yes. It's a, it's a great show. Even if you don't really have that much of a childhood connection to Mighty Ducks, it's just very low-key and fun. Also, just watch the original Mighty Ducks because it's on Disney Plus too. So, whatever. Yes. You can avoid Mighty Ducks 3. I will, <laughs> I will give you a pass on that. I don't think I've ever seen D3, actually. I give you I give you a pass on that. It's okay yeah. to not have seen it. Hell yes. All right. Well, now that we've covered Mighty Ducks beat, it's time we'll wrap up the podcast unless you have anything else. Nope, I think we're good. All right, cool. So you can follow us on Twitter at Pinstripe Alley. You can rate and review us on iTunes and anywhere else. Uh you can follow me on Twitter at Burns PSA. Where are you this week on Twitter? Yeah, you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna go with what I said in the beginning. This week I'm uh, Matt F fifteen on uh, Twitter. Yeah, hot Go follow with follow me. Tons of Ricky Lede retweets. It's it's great. <laughs> it's, it's what the, it's what the people want. <laughs> I mean, what else would people want? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe one day we'll get the gazpacho recipe though. Ricky Lede's most recent tweet: "I am so sick of leftovers for dinner. Enough." <laughs> Again, oh, I don't man. even know if this you is would really not want to come today, the- but I'm just gonna go with it is. <laughs> oh, it 100 percent is. Yes, <laughs> even though we don't know, but it is. All right, that's all for us. Take it easy, and hopefully the Yankees keep up their winning ways for the past couple of days. Yay! Bye. See you.